Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Big Ten Hoops Weekly. Uh, it is Mark. Nope, it is. <laughs> I got really ahead of myself there. It is February 27th, and we did briefly uh, think, th- think that we uh, should just leave this podcast running for the next two days so that we could officially uh, welcome you to March. But uh, that might 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 be a little too long. So uh, here we're just here with a brief recap of the week that was in the Big Ten, and then we will talk about the week that is yet to come uh, after that. Uh, and I, you know what what a week it was. Um, y- there's uh, a very clear title picture now, and uh, I think that's that's where we should start. And I think we should we should start uh, in within that category of uh, t- by talking about the Wisconsin Badgers, who, with two games to play in the in the conference season, find themselves alone in first place by a full game. So they sit at 14 and four in conference, uh, one game ahead of both Illinois and Purdue. And if you had told me that on February 27th, I would be saying that sentence. I would not have believed you. I even in, in my most homerish tendencies, uh, I, there was no way I thought this team was going to be in first place uh, with a with in the driver's seat for an outright Big Ten title. So this week, um, Wisconsin had a close win over Minnesota uh, at the barn, winning by one point um, in a game that was it was pretty much close the entire time. Uh, Minnesota did not go down easy. Uh, and then they came out with a five-point win at Rutgers at Jersey Mike's Arena. They're the only ranked team to have won in that building this year. What did you see out of out of the Badgers this week? And uh, and what is that you know compared to I guess you know what what do you think about them sitting in first place right now? Even just speaking broadly, you look at what happened nationally around the rest of the college basketball landscape this week. It it really just shows that. At this point in the season, it's it's all about survival. Whether you're you know a bubble team um, trying to work your way on, or whether you're a team trying to fight for a conference title, or whether you're kind of somewhere in between. Wisconsin was c- confronted with two road games this week, which is no kind of easy task in the Big Ten. That one at Rutgers, you know, looked particularly daunting given their history there. Uh, but also just kind of given the role that the Scarlet Knights are on, you no, know, they they cooled off as of as of late, but they, you know, they they gave it to Wisconsin in Madison earlier this year and had beaten it as you mentioned every ranked team that had come in there, um, and I don't know that I saw anything from Wisconsin other than just survival in that you know Johnny Davis did not have a um, did not have like an All American caliber week this week like he has kind of in other big games where he's had to carry them but guys like Chucky Hepburn Steve Crowell Tyler Wall all stepped up to do just enough and you know Wisconsin got stops when they needed to um, they were you know effective at shutting down most of the kind of dangerous guys that you know Rutgers threw at them Mulcahy was in foul trouble for the second straight game this week for Rutgers as well and they really just found a way to to win close games and in you know we'll we'll talk about this shortly but the rest of the conference was not able to survive and kudos to Greg Gard kudos to their entire staff for keeping that team together uh, really over the course of the season 
and and now they they have des- they have their own destiny in their hands and you know they're looking like they'll be the number one seed heading into Indianapolis. Yeah, and I think I think it's very very good point to mention. You know, it was kind of the the other guys that aren't Johnny Davis that really uh, kept this team afloat this week. Um, Steve, you know, Kral had a really big game against Minnesota um, and hit some clutch shots at uh, at Rutgers. Um, and Brad Davison refound his shooting stroke. Um, I you, the bench continues to still be a bit of an issue. Um, Jordan Davis has has put in some decent minutes, um, especially in that Minnesota game. That's, that's Johnny's twin brother. Um, but you know, with, with Lauren Bowman, not playing, uh, the, the depth is even, even a bit, you know, this bench is a bit shorter than we've even seen from Wisconsin. So it's going to be interesting to see if, if, and when fatigue really kind of starts becoming an issue. Um, so I think they're, uh, you know, getting ready to gear up for for this last week, and then hoping they can they can really kind of use those days for the double buy uh, to to kind of rest up. Um, and so speaking of teams that, um, you know, are, are were in the or still still technically are in the hunt for the Big Ten title, um, Purdue only had one game this week that, and they had to go. To East Lansing, um, and they the Spartans beat them there. Um, so heading into next week's next Tuesday's game with Wisconsin, uh, they find themselves one game back. Um, and I, we've been talking about this basically the entire season, but Purdue cannot stop a ball screen. And you know when you when you let when you you can't do that, and your your shots aren't falling in the way you'd like, uh, especially from three, that's not you're not going to win many games. This was a particularly surprising outcome for me just because Purdue had been so surgical in the way that they just carried themselves. They looked the part of like that top, you know, they were, they've been a top 10 team consistently throughout the year. They execute their offense kind of to a, in almost like a machine like way. Um, And especially against kind of a reeling Michigan state team, uh, maybe, you know, it's our fault for overlooking Tom Izzo and just the fact that they show up in, in big games there. Um, I, I don't so much want to kind of put this on Purdue's ability to, to defend, a, you know, a ball screen. They, they did they did an OK job, all things considered, on the road against Michigan State. They, in my opinion, they, they, they did enough, at least defensively, to hang in there, uh, you know, and, and win this game. But. To me, the bigger question about Purdue is is their three point shooting. Um, and it, it did not show up on the road on on this day. Um, and and if it doesn't show up in in March, I, I actually think there's a you know there's then you can form a game plan to kind of stop these guys. You know, you can double in the post. You can you know at least sort of try to neutralize their two headed post attack down there. You know, and and force Jaden Ivy to really kind of do everything in a one on one. I don't know. I, I don't want to take away t- too much from this game. I mean, it, it feels very weird to me that like <laughs> Purdue's not going to walk away with at least a share of the conference title. Um, we know historically they've lost a lot of close games in East Lansing to the Spartans. You know, going back, uh, I, I think they lost to them on a, on a similar buzzer beater a, a couple of years ago there. Um, when I look at this game, it's more about Michigan State and them, you know, finding a way to stop the bleeding. Uh, but now Purdue, you know, they got to go into Madison and avenge their loss 
earlier in the year just to kind of get a share. Um, and, you know, I think most Purdue fans probably wouldn't have expected that they'd be in this position, um, kind of opposite to what you said about where Wisconsin fans thought they'd end up. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Uh, and and you, you I, th- I also I do agree with you somewhat on the not taking too much away from this game. It's you know it's hard to go into Breslin and win, especially when when that crowd is is really fired up. Um, but I yeah I think you know on the other on the other hand like what a win for Michigan State. You know a- after coming in having lost I I want to say five of five of six. Uh, yeah, it was five five of six. Um, this this was kind of the statement win that they needed to potentially you know right the ship and kind of get ready and i know everyone's got the you know is always march marches is us month and you know it's going to be harder with this team than i feel like in the past just because of the team's makeup but they've got they've got room to kind of build more momentum heading into the conference tournament and and while i i believe there's no shot for them to get a double buy they you know playing playing good basketball and it at this time is is a good sign kind of right after, uh, you know, two, two, three weeks of, of playing pretty badly. And and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but especially just given the way their schedule lined up this last week, they've got three games left in, in two and a three day stretch at particularly tough road venues. I mean, I, I don't know that this clinches a bid for Michigan state. I mean, I think if they go, Oh, and three, they, they may find themselves closer to the bubble than many think, but, um, had they lost this game, you know, and then faced kind of going to Michigan and to Ohio State next on the line, I think panic would have started to set in. Um, but but just like kind of blue blood iconic programs, blue blood programs with iconic coaches do, you know, he, he got a win when he needed. Um, and it speaks, you know, um, numbers to the it speaks volumes to the uh, the state of their culture despite the fact that they don't have a talent to the talent on this team at this particular minute minute to really punch with the biggest weight class in the big 10 yeah so and then the final the final team in the 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 top three uh with a with a very interesting week uh the illinois fighting illini um who lost uh at the beginning of the week or not the beginning but their first game of the week on thursday uh their their comeback fell short against Ohio State, and it, so losing losing at home never never great. But um you know if, if you if you're gonna lose to someone Ohio State's not not the worst too. Uh, but then they held off a a rally from Michigan uh today and to pull out pull out of Ann Arbor with a with an eight point victory to keep the their title hopes alive, and. Uh, you know, it's it's very interesting. Obviously, like the shooting, the shooting has really come around for for these guys. Uh, they they hit ten of seventeen from the th- from three today against Michigan, led by six for nine from Alfonso Plummer, who only played twenty three minutes. And I'm not quite sure why that happened. Um, you know, you you think if if a guy makes six threes in basically the first half that he's going to keep playing, but Brad Underwood, I guess, had other ideas. Um, but it it is an interesting trend that. This Illinois team, like many others in the Big Ten, honestly, like is not great at putting away teams when they should. Yeah, I mean, you can call it that. I think the the bigger problem with them is they just seem to go through these prolonged, I don't want to call them scoring droughts, but prolonged like offensive droughts. I mean, it's, it, it feels weird to say it 
that when talking about them coming off a week of scoring 83 points against Ohio State and 93 against Michigan, I, I, we didn't really see a drought uh, today against Michigan for them. But in that Ohio State game, they were up by 13, I think, points in the first half. And you know, it, it, not too long into the second half, they ended up down 15. And, and really the only way the math on that happens is if you just go cold from shooting. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, w- whether it's not having a killer instinct, whether it's just being not very good at defense, whether it's their turnover problems, it, it seems to be something different every day with this team. It, it, it just makes you wonder, like, you know, if, if this team's playing games in the 80s, I mean, on the one hand, maybe it's good that they can play teams in the 80s. They can play with, you know, they can play against a team that plays any pace. I just, I have trouble. I just feel like if this team gets into a shootout with like a team from the SEC, like they're, they're um, a vulnerable high seed, particularly when you get into the round of 32, which, you know, Illinois fans are not going to want to hear that given kind of how last year played out. But I don't know if it's coaching. Um, I don't know if it's just the fact that like they've built this team to be a, you know, Kofi in the middle and then, you know, a bunch of guys that shoot threes around them. But look, they're, they're still within a puncher shot at a share of the conference title. You know, I, I think it's been a great season for them, but I think this team expects more than where they're at right now. This fan base expects more than where they're at right now. And 18 games into the conference season, I, I still can't pinpoint uh, where exactly the problem is. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add another, another issue is their free throw shooting has been bad, like very bad. They haven't before or no, including today, the last time they shot over 70% from the line in a game was at Purdue on February 8th. That's, six games in a, or five games in a row where they failed to break 70%. And that's extremely troubling, especially because with the way their offense is, if Kofi is really getting going, he's going to go to the line a lot. Their, their guys are going to get to the line. And in a tournament game, you can't really like that. That can't happen. Um, we've seen that knock out a bunch of teams who can't put away a game uh, in, in the tournament, especially once the competition really starts to increase. But yeah, I, it's it is it is hard to pinpoint. Um, I think another positive, in addition to the, the three point shooting coming back, is that they're turning the ball over less. And I think that's mostly just a factor of Curbelo not playing very much because um, he's been chaotic at best, shall we say? And look, you have to give him credit where credit's due, right? I, I think yeah, you know, um, Curbelo hasn't been great. This was a great win for them to pick up um, at mm-hmm. Michigan today. You know, Michigan has, has a lot to play for. Um, may not match up that well with them, but uh, kudos to them, especially after what kind of must have been a demoralizing, you know, loss inside that locker room after Ohio State. Uh, they at least kind of showed the heart of the champion by coming back and looking good in the first half and then, you know, really warding off what was almost another, you know, big, uh, big lead that that drifted away. So. Um, you know, they they've shown they can make big shots at big times and, you know, they, they have a resume that indicates that they're, you know, a, a team to be reckoned with, um, you know, and a team that should make the second weekend um, with upside to even make a final four. But, man, uh, I'll tell you, I just I, I don't I don't see them hitting their ceiling in the in the tournament unless they really get things to bounce right for all the reasons that we just talked about. Yeah, yeah. And I think. 
I think out of all the teams in the Big Ten, maybe in the entire country, like Illinois is the most like is the team whose potential outcomes in March mat like depend the most on their opponents and how they match up. Like there are some teams where Illinois just can't play. Like and we saw it last year with Loyola where they were just totally exposed due to a better scheme with a bad fit. Like if they if they get Arkansas in like a four or five or a three six game, like I, yeah, like I'd I'd run to the bank and put all your money on Arkansas. Yeah, like there's just there's t- I agree with you. Yeah, and so it's it, just like Illinois was a really bad is a bad matchup for Michigan. There are a lot of stylistic teams that are are bad matchups for for Illinois. And on on the note of Michigan, I just I I think just briefly cover. I think what I've liked out of Michigan recently is that Caleb Houston is shooting the ball with a lot more confidence and and is starting to really kind of find his find his stroke after struggling at the beginning of the year. And then uh Devontae Jones has been playing been playing a lot better too and helping kind of set the table for Michigan's offensive attack. Yeah, I think you know, Michigan did enough to survive another week this week getting particularly getting that win at home against Rutgers kind of the game after the Madison melee was I think huge for their continuity and keeping them focused on the task at hand. But, you know, whether you look at Lunardi, Jerry Palm, DeCourcy, uh, they're kind of at this point where they're pinballing to, you know, first team in first team out, uh, last team in first team out uh, with each day. Um, and while they're, you know, they, their resume in some ways is all over the place. Like they don't have that many really, really good wins, not many bad losses and and a lot of wins like over fellow bubble teams. Um, And they kind of get two opportunities to do that this week with um, Michigan state and Iowa coming into town, but they're really at the point where they don't have any room for error on those. So they kind of have to take those two um, in my view, if they, if they want to be comfortable on selection Sunday. Yeah. And then so uh, we had we talked a little bit about Ohio State. Uh, They entered the week uh, with a way to secure not only a double by, but potentially a share of the conference championship. Uh, However, they just got blown out today at Maryland um, behind a, uh, you know, just a a crazy, crazy game from Fats Russell. Uh, Twenty seven points, just efficient um, and and really kind of kind of brought it home on his his senior day. and I think, you know, Ohio State had a brutal week. They they played this was their third game of the week. Um and, you know, it was it was a a gutty win in overtime over Indiana, and then they had to go to Illinois and and kind of engage in that battle. Um so, you know, this isn't the worst thing in the world, but I think if you had pinpointed this this week, you losing to Maryland is the least uh you know, the least ideal, but um, it just kind of keeps solidifying the fact that this team really just can play up or down to whatever level of competition they face on a nightly basis. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about how Maryland, you know, their talent level does not match what their record's been this year. You know, there's a lot of talent on that team. And I, I think if you kind of talk to most Ohio state fans, they'd probably tell you that, uh, that was a very disappointing loss. Not that it hurts them as far as their tournament, uh, destiny, but I mean, they they basically lost their their shot at a share of the conference title with that loss, which is I think tough to swallow given that it was Maryland. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's definitely definitely a bummer, but um you know this this Ohio State team has showed that they compete can compete on a night night in night out basis with pretty much anybody. So no no that there's a lot for a takeaway, but yeah not not a great time to lose your ability to win the conference championship. Uh, just a couple other teams we wanted to touch on before we head into the previews. Uh, 
Iowa has won three in a row now. Uh, in, so now including wins over Ohio State and Michigan State before beating Nebraska earlier this week. Um, I, you know, this this team is for all the grief that I particularly have given them about their inability to defend uh, is they're hitting their stride at the right time. Uh, and, it, you know, it's it's always good when you're playing your best basketball at the end of February, beginning of March. Well, and, and thing to keep in mind, we spent a lot of time kind of at the beginning of the conference play portion of the year talking about how tough their schedule was uh, at, at that at that time. And, and they really did a good job of surviving that. Now they're kind of reaping the benefits of a, a lighter schedule as they come down the stretch here. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, they're they're really look, they're looking at, you know, potentially the five seed uh, in the tournament. I know a lot can a lot can move around, but um, and they're ranked now, too. And they, they took it to uh, Michigan State early in the week, uh, which I know we kind of talked about how they righted the ship. But, uh, hey, if you can, any way you can get a two win week, um, even if it involves Nebraska, even if all Nebraska, hey, you'll, you'll take it this time of year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do believe they they would currently sit at the five seed right now uh, due to their head to head over Michigan State. Um, I think that's I think that's correct, at least. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're they're sitting in, in very good position, especially considering, uh, you know, where everyone kind of thought they would be this year. Keegan Murray keeps getting enough help to, to you know, keep keep this thing moving. Um and then uh, Indiana, we had talked about a lot last week uh, as just kind of like what what is going on over there. Um, but they were able to to just kind of get get a couple wins. Uh, so Maryland at home, Minnesota on the road, you know, the barn's never an easy place to win. And they blew basically a 25 point lead today, but were able to kind of grind it out. And that's that's you know, this week is exactly what they needed uh, from from a standpoint of just stopping the bleeding. Um they sit at nine and nine. Uh, they haven't really looked good playing basketball in a month and a half. But you know, at, with with ten losses, I, you have to feel at least relatively okay about where you where you sit currently. Even though this week is going to get pretty difficult, as we'll get into. Yeah, I, I think they're they're kind of an odd case study because again, this all changes by the day. But like, I think before this weekend, like Lunardi had Rutgers and Michigan ahead of them. Um, and we know Indiana didn't play the toughest schedule in the non-conference. Um, and, and they really, like, other than that win against Purdue, like, have not really done much other than beat the teams that they're kind of expected to beat in conference. So um, that screams bubble team. Um, and, and they even, you know, had they not dropped some of the their games at home against kind of the upper echelon of the conference, we wouldn't even be having this conversation of them as a bubble team. But um, they, they did what they needed to do to avoid a bad loss at this time of the year. Um, and so kind of, like I just said about Iowa, anytime you can get a two win week, you take it and run with it. Yeah. Um, and the exact opposite of that is what happened to Rutgers this week. Who's, uh, you know, their, their streak is now definitely over. Uh, they've lost three in a row. Um, so they, they had a, a loss at the, uh, on the road in Ann Arbor, uh, on Wednesday and then could not hold off Wisconsin on Saturday. They sit at 16 and 12. They're 10 and 8 in the conference. Uh, you know, they're they're playing much better basketball, but I, this it's it's I don't think it's enough to really kind of get get out from under the the stink of some of their their bad losses. Well, they they have a huge opportunity coming up this week, which we'll talk about in a second. But to me, it's simple, and I, I pointed this out last week. Like 
when they shoot 50%, like they, they win their games and they were in the low forties this week. Uh, they, and, and a lot of their, like a lot of their offense, honestly, comes on more like one-on-one stuff and, and timely offensive rebounds more than it does on, uh, on like talented on, on, uh, on scheme and like, you know, the talent operating within that scheme. It's a lot of Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. doing things on the one-on-one, Paul Mulcahy creating, and, and then getting offensive rebounds. And um, I, I, I feel like at some point it was bound to kind of break down, and it did once they kind of had to, you know, they, they went, you know, against a very desperate Michigan team earlier this week, and then, uh, you know, Wisconsin just out-toughed them on Saturday. So, yeah, they all have a lot of work to do now. We'll talk about that shortly. Yeah, and then, uh, as always, shout-out Nebraska for winning their second conference game uh, by just beating the absolute crap out of Penn State. So, Hoiberg, Hoiberg's great. Uh, all right, so we have time for a, you know, weekly preview, as we always do. Uh, we're getting off to kind of a slow start before things really pick up, uh, but let's let's hear your take on this Northwestern Iowa game on Monday, Steve. Yeah, like I said, this is all about kind of keeping the momentum up. Northwestern, you know, had looked pesky at points in the middle of the year this year, but I expect Iowa by double digits here to take care of business in Iowa City. And on to Tuesday, we have. Three games on Tuesday, Nebraska at Ohio State, Michigan State at Michigan, and Purdue, Wisconsin. Very important slate of games here. Yeah, so for Ohio State, the key is going to be, uh, you, you know, just kind of get back get back after after a, uh, after a the loss today and, uh, you know, just try and regroup and, and get get another get another win streak started. Uh, kind of want to make sure that even though you can't compete for the, for the title anymore, uh, just, you know, make sure that uh you, you're getting some momentum and you can play for seating and and and, and by purposes um this is going to be tough because they also have a three-game week and they're they just had a three they had, so two straight three-game weeks for the Buckeyes I believe as a result of COVID pauses so uh it's going to be a fight to the finish for them and uh you know if they this is one they got to have just for to to kind of not take a hit in in the seatings um Michigan State, Michigan, both teams kind of a lot to play for, you know. Um, Michigan obviously coming off a close close loss today, uh, where they, we saw a lot of good things out of them, and and Michigan State with a with a huge win. Um, this you know just kind of making sure that so both both teams are basically going to be going to be trying to keep keep momentum, um, and you know it's gonna it's gonna come down to is is Michigan going to make a concerted effort to feed Dickinson the ball. And is he going to be able to kind of bounce back from a tough game against Kofi? Uh, and then obviously will will Caleb Houston, you know, kind of keep keep shooting well. Um, so I I think it's gonna be a very interesting chess match chess match between Phil Martelli and Tom Izzo. And I'm I'm interested. I'm definitely interested to see how that one plays out. And I, I mean, we've probably got one of the two or three most important games of the season with Purdue Wisconsin. Um, so if Wisconsin wins, they will claim at least a share of the Big Ten title with a chance to claim it outright uh, against Nebraska. Um, and for Purdue is they, they can, they can put themselves right back in contention for, for that as well. If they win, uh, there'll be, you know, Wisconsin obviously won at Purdue behind 37 from Johnny Davis. So it'll be interesting to see if they can do it again without him, uh, going nuclear. Or, I mean, if he does, that would also be cool, but, uh, it, you know, we'll see, hope, I'm, I'm guessing we'll see a little bit more of a team effort, but I think Davis is going to look to look to take over where, where, where he can, um, 
Wednesday, we've got uh, just a, a great slate where we've got Rutgers, Indiana, and Minnesota, Maryland for some beautiful basketball. Yeah, so Rutgers currently sits at 10-8 and eight and 7th in the conference. Indiana at 9-9 nine and nine in 9th in the conference. So uh, it, probably too early to still to be calling this like a bubble elimination game. But, um, I mean, both these teams need this game bad. Um, and, and, frankly, I don't know which one needs it more. Um, Indiana probably can't afford to lose it just because it's at home. Um, and, and I think really the loser of this game is going to be fighting an uphill battle come uh, the the following week in the tournament. And I think the, the thing I'd also say is that it's very likely that these two teams could be playing again in that 8-9 game in kind of a bubble elimination game a week later as well. So I think that's another interesting facet at play here. But, but when you, you look on the court, I mean, to me, you, you know what you're going to get out of Rutgers. Like I said, you're going to get a lot of one-on-one. You know, they're going to muddy and muck up the game. You know, for Indiana, it's going to be can they match that. And that starts with Trace Jackson Davis staying out of foul trouble and executing effectively when he gets the ball down in the post. And it's it's Xavier Johnson, you know, who's really played well as of the second half of the year here running the show at point for them. Um, they have to make threes when they're at home, and that's the only way that they're going to be able to run away from Rutgers. I actually like the Scarlet Knights to come in here and pull off the upset um, just based on their their grit and, and toughness. Um, and then Minnesota-Maryland, I think the only thing that's important here is Maryland and Penn State right now are in a battle for the 10 seed, which is important because you don't have to play on Wednesday at the conference tournament. So Maryland coming off their probably their biggest win of the season against Ohio State today. Can they carry that momentum? Um, I'm, I'm guessing yes. Um, and that will set up for an interesting final weekend um, as, as far as the chase for the 10 seed there. Um, and then into Thursday, we also have three games, Penn State at Illinois, Michigan State at Ohio State, and Iowa at Michigan. Yeah. So starting with Penn State, Illinois, uh, bounce, uh, you know, kind of looking for the Atlanta to keep to keep their momentum going uh, after after the win at Michigan. Penn State's just been a bizarre basketball team to try and track like over the course of the year. Uh, they've not like the consistency is never really there. Um, so I, I don't anticipate Illinois having much trouble with them uh, and should should be able to cruise by double digits, uh, especially if they're shooting well. Michigan State, Ohio State is going to be another really interesting one. Uh, again, this is going to be a, a tough one in the fight for or an important one in the fight for seeding. Um so I, you know, I think I think Liddell will look to have another big game, and and Malachi Branham will keep look to keep playing well. But I, I'm looking to see if Tyson Walker can kind of keep his his run of strong play going. Um, he's been shooting the ball really well from deep on on a bit of low volume, but uh, when he's been shooting, I mean, he made the game winner against Purdue, uh, and Hagard has been effective despite teams basically playing off of him. Um, so Michigan State will really kind of look to to get Ohio State in a bunch of those ball screen actions and and see how they can do from there. Um, I think Ohio State pulls this one out, um, but it, especially just being at home. But uh, there again, we're looking at tired legs there, so uh, anything could really happen there. And then in Iowa, Michigan again, very important for both teams. Michigan most likely finds themselves on the right side of the bubble as of right now, but and I think if they win this game, they will be you know all they'll they'll be they'll be assured of a place in the tournament. Um, but and they, and they did just go into go into Iowa City a couple weeks ago and and get a win, so I will be looking for some revenge. Uh, I'm 
it's not really clear how Iowa is going to be able to handle Hunter Dickinson and uh, you know Michigan's Michigan's defense has looked a little bit little bit tighter, uh, and they should be able to to escape with a win there. And Saturday we have one of the bigger bigger rivalries in in Big Ten uh, IU Purdue. I, I guess I'm trying to find words to even come up with a situation where Indiana wins this game, but I think as far as the high level like storylines before you even get to anything X's knows why. So uh, especially as an underdog, it's really hard to beat a team twice uh, in a year, um, especially when the, the talent mismatch is this huge Indiana, you know, they, they, they got Purdue with what you'd call, I think a outlier of a performance from uh, really all of their team, but you know, Rob Finnessy in, in particular, who um, hasn't been playing for them of late. So I, I think, you know, watch. Um, I, I don't know that Indiana like really has another answer. Um, Purdue could have like a share of the conference title on the line, um, you know, or, or or potential to at least force either Wisconsin or Illinois hand the next day. So, you know, they have everything to play for here um, and they have huge revenge to play for as well. I just I. I know Indiana may be in perilous bubble position here, you know, so, so they'll have plenty to play for, but I, I think Purdue comes into this game locked in uh, with a revenge on their minds um, and, and potentially a, a championship as well. Uh, I, I would, I would bank on Purdue by 15 plus in this game. And then on Sunday, Brett, I hope you're ready for your kind of biggest <laughs> uh, preview yet. We've got six games to finish out the season on Sunday. Um, starting with Penn State and Rutgers, um, then Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Maryland, Michigan State, Iowa, Illinois, and Northwestern Minnesota. All right. So going going in the order that uh, that you have this in, um, so Penn State, Rutgers, game that Rutgers absolutely cannot afford to lose uh, if they even want to be within breathing distance of of the tournament uh, and not have to win the the conference tournament outright. Um, you know, again, looking looking for Harper to kind of, and Mulcahy really to have big games here. Um, I think I think Rutgers wins this game, but it's probably a little bit closer than they would like, given Penn State's penchant to just hang around. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State again. So this will be the Buckeyes' sixth game in two weeks. Uh, yeah, sixth game in two weeks. Um, so they are they're going to be feeling it. Uh, they're going to be feeling the effects. They'll really kind of need to rely on the, on the crowd to uh, to get to get them through this. Um, I think it's going to be a hard. It's going to be a tall order. You know, Michigan's been playing well um, and is is a pretty decent matchup for Ohio State. So uh, you know, we'll look we'll look for Branham to kind of see if he can have another big game to support Liddell in his in his effort to to take down the Wolverines. Um, but I, I think that one's going to be going to be a pretty close one. Maybe Michigan might be able to pull away at the end with fatigue, but this will also be their third game. So I think, I think we'll just honestly bet the bet the under. That's that's what I'm going with in that game. Um, Nebraska, Wisconsin. This will this will be winning time for Wisconsin. Um, you know they'll either have they'll either have the the chance to clinch a share or the whole thing of the tournament. Oh, the, the whole the whole uh, sorry a share of or the entire conference championship so uh you know it'll be a big game it'll be senior day it'll be emotions will be running a bit high uh but you know i, I think uh they'll, they'll be able to stay focused as they have through the whole season and, and should be able to bring home at least part of the big 10 title um maryland michigan state so important game for for both of those teams just for for maryland for seeding purposes in the tournament and then for Michigan State, just kind of the ability to avoid another another bad loss, get another win on the schedule. Um, I think they'll be able to do it. 
and but it'll be it'll be interesting because Maryland is you know as we talked about is a way of making life di- life kind of difficult. Uh, I, it's going to be interesting to watch how uh, Fats Russell is able to be if he's able to be successful against Michigan State's defense. Um, Iowa Illinois is another going to be very you know very interesting. Um, I think that there's a you know obviously two very different stylistic teams. So in on paper this shouldn't be that big of a, a deal for, for Illinois. Um, cause they, they, they were, were able to go into Iowa city earlier this year and come out with a win. Um, but you know, if Iowa just starts, starts running, uh, this, this could be a long night and for, for, uh, for the Illini, especially if, if, you know, if they play Murray at the five instead of Rebraca and try and use, use him to attack Kofi and get Kofi into foul trouble, this game could get, could get a bit, a bit ugly for the Illini. But I think at home, you know, chance to secure part of the potential chance to secure part of the conference title. Uh, I think we'll see a motivated Illini team there and Northwestern Minnesota. Um, you know, this Minnesota team has really put up a hell of a fight these last couple of weeks, especially for really only playing six guys. Um, so, you know, uh, kudos to kudos to Ben Johnson for having his team ready to fight out there on a, on a daily basis. It's been fun watching Peyton Willis and Jameson battle this year. Um, but then, you know, it'd be nice for Northwestern to go out on a win, a win as well. So I think, I think the Wildcats end up taking it, but again, it's, it's much closer than, than it has to be because Northwestern lets teams hang around way too much. And that will do it. Uh, we apologize for running a little bit long, uh, but you know, lots to get to, uh, lots to come still. There's, there's another exciting week of basketball and then, and then conference tournament prep. So we will have you prepared for all of it, for all of your, your office and or bar arguments. Uh, we're here for you. So Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.